and welcome back to the Reality Gap Podcast. This again is Heather and today I'm going to be talking about Love After Lockup, the most recent episode. So let's just get right into it. We start with Lacey and Shane. Lacey tells us that John is going to be out in two weeks and that she needs to tell Shane about John. Uh, No crap. Uh, She said her feelings have grown the whole time they've been together aka a day right and that she's dreading john's release a little later they meet Lacey's best friend miranda for dinner she asked why shane was in prison and he said he caught a malicious wounding charge but with good intentions Hmm. he was just defending himself all right and miranda says she will kill him if he ever hurts Lacey, and she says it again reiterating it like she's totally serious And she says she's a little worried to find out what's going to happen if and when John finds out. Which I think we all are kind of feeling that way. Not too much going on with Lacey and Shane. We didn't really learn anything new. So let's move on to Amber and Vince. They go mattress shopping. And Vince tells us he's never been in a serious romantic relationship. I don't remember his age. I want to say he's at least 30. But is that a little telling? I'm not sure. Maybe there's something wrong with him. Um, So Amber said that she had another relationship with a pen pal while she was in prison previously. She got out and they were together a little over a year and then they got married. And she said that was a mistake. I'd actually like to hear more about that. I think she should have elaborated. Maybe she will later. I'm not sure. but So Vince is just throwing down $700 on a mattress for her. And then on the car ride back, he tells her he doesn't know where he fits in. Um, He fits in as the person who's supporting her financially. And that's it. That's what it seems like. What do you guys think? I don't think it's going to really go anywhere. Uh, but then the bed gets delivered. And she says she's going to stay you know, at that house, the puppy's mom's house tonight. He is shocked. And he says he's going to go back to the Airbnb alone. I just don't see the chemistry with these two. Next, we have Cheryl and Josh, which they go to a restaurant to meet Josh's mom, Tina. Cheryl had the stankiest look on her face when his mom walked in. It was way obvious. And they literally did not say any words to each other at first. I don't know if that was editing, but so uncomfortable. So he tells his mom he can't go back to the hotel because of the ankle bracelet and asks if he can come to her house. So then we find out what the problem is between these two, which I was waiting for. Tina thinks Cheryl tried to hook up with her man. That's so much juicier than I expected it to be. Um, Josh said that Kenny, which is the husband, asked to go get some beer and Tina said no. So then Cheryl went and got some. So I guess going around her made her somehow think Cheryl was going to try to sleep with him. I don't really see that per se, but, and again, I hope they get more into it because I feel like I need more information that is so exciting. It's terrible, but it is. (laughs) So then Tina asked her where her kids are and for how long she's going to be there. And she's told her, oh, just until we make sure everything works out. When Tina says, well, what if it doesn't? That was enough to send Cheryl walking out and then going to cry in the car. 
Um, they later go get his ankle monitor and she drops him off down the road from his mom's house because she doesn't want to even get too close to the property, doesn't want to see it, anything like that. Um, she then gets back to the hotel and calls her sister and she's, you know, saying, oh, well, I can't spend the night with him. I've been waiting. And the sister starts laughing. She's probably so over Cheryl's shenanigans anyways, but Cheryl starts crying that her sister is basically not more empathetic with her situation. I just have this feeling that Cheryl's going to be crying most of the season. We'll see. Okay, next we had Lizzie and Daniel. They all went, including Daniel's mom, Teresa, to meet Lizzie's mom. She seems nice, and she asked Teresa, oh, how do you think these guys are going to work out? And... The mom says, oh, yeah, they're going to be great together, which we know that she really doesn't think that's the case. Then um, they talk about how Lizzie and Daniel are going to go back to Lizzie's mom's house to drink. She And Teresa says, remember what happened last time you all drank? Alluding to how before when he got arrested, he went to Lizzie's and got passed out drunk. There was a raid at the apartment. He took off and then got arrested a week later with meth on him. I don't think the drinking is what the problem was. And again, we didn't get too much on them. And we move on to Tony and Angela. She says she hasn't been able to see Tony since he's been working. So she feels it's important that she gets the wedding planning. I'm not sure that's what she should be doing. But anyways, they go wedding dress shopping. And I was expecting her to try on all these trashy dresses. But I think she actually looks pretty classy. While she's there, Tony calls and tells her that he was supposed to go back to the halfway house, but he didn't. He says he didn't know what to do because he's not going back to jail. So what's he going to do? Go on the run? Not smart. Um, So what he told her was that he was picked up by a friend. They played basketball. He got an email saying he needed to go back there, and he thought that meant he needed to go back to prison for some reason. He freaked out and got a hotel room. Something's not adding up to me. He won't tell her where he is just because he doesn't want to go back. And her and her friend that's there with her and her sister suspect he's doing drugs or he would have gone back to the halfway house. Which, you know, valid. I was probably what was happening. Why is he messing this all up? He just got out. I do feel kind of bad for her, though. She was really hoping for the best. I honestly, I don't see this one going too far. Just a gut feeling. But we move on next to Andrea and the Mondre. She says he's getting out tomorrow and he's been helping her financially and says when she, when he gets out, she's going to get her dream car, a Porsche. When he calls her, he tells her he's in a bad mood and he's got some bad news that he won't be getting out tomorrow. Shocker. For some reason, I feel like that was coming. I don't know why. I just, maybe because we didn't see him on the previews, I don't think, that I just felt like maybe it wasn't going to happen. But um, she throws the phone without getting more information. We need to know what's going on here. But then she comes back, even asking the producer, making sure it's not a joke. I don't like how they just ended it without giving us any indication of when he might be getting out. Is it going to be the next day? Next week? We have no idea. At least give us a little bit. But no, that's how they do. And that was basically all I've got on Love After Lockup for this week. Let's move on to 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. We start with Zied and Rebecca. They're going to a market. 
they're going to get some spices to take over to Zied's sister's house for dinner. They're saying that the sister doesn't like Rebecca. She doesn't accept that Zied wants to move to America. They're actually both nervous going over there. And walking in, it's very uncomfortable. Um, they go into the kitchen and the sister kind of starts in on Rebecca. What do you love about my brother? And she's like, I don't know. There's not just one thing. You've got to think of something here. So another uncomfortable thing. At dinner, the sister asks how many times she's been married. Um, Zied says, I'm considered the fourth. And then the sister asks, hey, what's the difference between all the exes and Zied? As in what makes him special? And once again, what does Rebecca say? Oh, I don't know. You can see just how painful this is for her sitting there. And of course, none of them know that she's actually still married. She said in the interview that there's another secret from her past that is totally forbidden in their culture. So the next day we see them going to this little hookah bar and discuss how Rebecca feels like his family is not going to accept her. She says there's a lot about her he doesn't know. Things that may not make him happy. So she drops one of the bombs that she had a relationship with a woman. He's like, what? I don't understand. So basically she has to spell it out for him. She said that she wanted to get that out there before they go through the visa process, which is actually pretty smart on her part. Zied comes back and says it's going to make his parents pretty angry. They can never know. They really wouldn't accept her after that. But he said he's okay. He didn't know her during that time, so it's okay. Moving on to Angela and Michael. It's the second day in Nigeria. She's kind of recapping that they were about to go on a boat ride. And Michael had lied about going on the boat ride in the past. She saw a picture of him with some girls on one. So that sets her off. That Another lie. She hightails it back to the hotel. Seems kind of blown out of proportion. But she's going to the hotel bar. She has a beer. He decides to bring her a Coke. But she's not having it. She throws it out. And she goes back up to the room and shoves all the stuff into the hallway. So when they show them again, it's showing Michael waking up in the car. That's kind of sad. He slept there because he knew he couldn't leave because who knows what she would say he was doing when he left. But uh, she comes out and he tries to talk to her, but she's just dodging him. She goes to a salon and gets some braids and is talking to the lady about him lying. Then we see him pull up and he brings her a cake. So she sends him out, you know, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. And then when she actually goes outside, she starts opening the cake. And I know right then, as soon as she's opening it, she's not going to have a piece. It's going in his face. And that's exactly what happened. That is pretty comical. I'm sorry. <laughs> she said in the interview, don't swindle me because I like cake. Apparently, he's done that before. That's all we get from Angela and Michael. I could have a whole show of them. That would be fine with me. But we must move on. Akini and Benjamin. She's still upset by something her brother said, but won't say what it was. And she wants Benjamin just to go away. And now the brother is blaming Benjamin for upsetting her. I feel like there's got to be more to the story, as usual. He says he doesn't hear from her all night, but when he gets a hold of her the next day, she comes over and she finally tells him what the problem was. That the brother told her that she has embarrassed the family because she brought Benjamin home and her father didn't show up. So somehow that's her fault and she's just this big embarrassment. Okay, um, I guess we will see more because that's about all we saw again this week for them. 
The next one we're going to talk about Darcy and Tom. I'm already kind of worn out with him, but Darcy said they had a slow start, but they have bonded in the bedroom. And they're heading to Albania to meet Darcy's twin sister, Stacy, and her fiance. Tom isn't too thrilled since he had this whole little vacation planned, but he agrees to go. Uh, they get there, and instead of meeting at the hotel like they had planned, they go and try to meet them at a restaurant. But they are late. So late that Tom is about to leave. But they finally show up. They, you know, they, they had to draw this out super long. Um, but we see the fiance. He's very cute. And after a couple minutes, the boys go smoke. And Stacy's like, so, how's it going? Is there sparks flying? And, and then Darcy's like, yeah. Says who? I doubt that Tom would say there's any sparks happening. But the next day, they go do some sightseeing. They go to see an old pretty bridge. And then it comes up how Stacy's getting married and what, you know, what their plans are for that. There's some tension and Stacy's like, you don't really want me to be happy, do you, Darcy? And Darcy's like, you don't want the same for me. There's just so much of them trying to outdo each other. I feel like it's probably been their whole life. So Darcy, for some reason, starts crying about it and that she wants Tom to have a good time, you know, while they're bickering. And I don't know about you guys. I felt lost. I felt the guys are lost. She's just, there's just got to be some kind of underlying issues with these sisters and how maybe Darcy is jealous of their relationship and how she's been with this guy for three years. I don't know, but again, it's kind of embarrassing that she's crying. But let's move on to Caesar. As we know, he finds out Maria's flight was canceled due to insufficient funds. He seems kind of annoyed that she didn't tell him yesterday about it, but he's still strangely calm. But she says that she's not going to get on a plane. She's tired of it. She's not going to go to Mexico and that he's trying to play the victim. There's got to be pieces missing here too. He says, do you still love me? She doesn't know. Maybe they will meet in the next life and basically that it's over. So he's sitting there in the Mexican resort. She never shows up. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised she's given up the money train with him. You know, he, he finally says, oh, it was just a game. Um, hello. Yes, we've known that since we first saw you, but that's all right. I do feel a little bad for him, especially if he sent all this money to her. Um, and he says it's going to hurt him for the rest of his life. It really should hurt him that he didn't see her for what she was in the beginning. And I'd love to actually know how much he sent her over this time. Ugh, I'm sure it's a ridiculous amount. On to Tim and Jennifer. We start seeing last week what we saw. You know, Tim got that text from his ex. And he tells her the girl is Colombian. Like her. She throws the beer on him. And she's out of there. Uh, he asks her to meet him at the park. He's got the flowers. He apologizes about the text and his behavior. She asks him if he has feelings for that ex. He says, no, but I never really had that closure. But he's here for her and their future. They go on this little adventure, and he asks her if she wants more kids. She says, maybe one more. And he says that we would make beautiful babies. And sadly, I didn't get enough of Tim and Jennifer this time. I'm very intrigued by him. He's just so interesting. So I would love to see what happens with him. Going on to Avery and Omar. It's the night before the wedding, and Avery's mom is really grilling her about if this is what she wants to do. That wasn't it odd how he just came upon an American on a Muslim dating site. 
Avery pops off that it doesn't matter. He can live anywhere. He's going to be a periodontist. She seems kind of desperate listing off all the countries that she'd be fine living in as long as it was with him. She says either I'm naive or I'm right. And honestly, I don't know which one is correct right now. I'm still on the fence on whether they'll work out or not. I feel like I watched the show for about three hours and we barely got anywhere, as usual, a million commercials. But I feel like they could cut out so much and make the show shorter and more interesting. Honestly, I was very bored in like doing chores in between when the commercials were on. But that's going to take us to the end of the show today. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.